Father, we thank you because you are set to change us forever. We receive illumination from your word. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for Jesus unveiled. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hmm. As we begin to bring the entire conversation on kingdom dynamics, you know, tying it together over the coming weeks with the conversation on kingdom deployment on assignment. Last week, Wednesday, we began to dive into pictures, examples, patterns, um, pointers, you know, road signs as to the appropriate way to represent the king of glory. One of the things we said last week was that the scriptures contain examples of those who misrepresented, those who started the journey of life but ended the way of death, those who started the way of the spirit but became casualties in the journey of destiny. And we have examples of those who started and finished strong and became credible ambassadors of this monarch of the universe and i believe i'm speaking to those people who will be an appropriate classical definition of the supernatural life of the dominion of the king of kings i believe i am speaking to those people who will exhibit not just talk about but exhibit dominion over sickness and disease dominion over principalities and powers dominion over poverty and every throng every chain that the enemy uses to pull god's children down i believe i'm speaking to those people this evening if you believe you are that person say with me glory to god Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. Jesus speaking says, Behold, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. I am sending you out. I am deploying you. You are on assignment. Please, you have to trust God to find a way to revisit the word. You have to trust God. You have to trust God. You have to trust God. God is building us. He's molding us. The instrument he's using is his word. You have to trust God. You have to... A few weeks ago, the Spirit of God told me, go back to epignosis. Go back to the teaching epignosis. And I was asking myself, you mean we taught this? You mean, you mean we learned this? You and I have to trust God. Last week's teaching... If you've listened again, then you are ready for this evening. And if you've not, just buckle up, all right, hang tight. It's going to be an amazing ride. But please trust God to help you. If indeed God's word is the most important thing in your life, you should prove it by making our time for not just reading, but the study and the receiving, the, 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 the assimilating of God's word. I send you out as sheep. In the midst of wolves, therefore, be wise as serpents. There is a cunningness to your deployment. There is a tactfulness to your deployment. There is a wisdom dimension to your dominion. It says, however, be armless as doves. 
I am not teaching you the, 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 the ability to constrict and to do damage like the serpent. It's the cunningness. You are going to have to bring that wisdom dimension. However, you are going to do it with life there. It says your innocence, your, your armlessness there means what you will produce is life, not death. Somebody say glory to God. And we saw from Matthew chapter 7, from verse 15 to verse 20, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. So there is actual sheep that is being sent to, the, to, to a realm of wolves. And there are actual wolves who are wearing sheep's clothing and, and they are just there. All of us look like sheep. And the wolves that cannot, <laughs> that cannot, their makeup cannot cover that you are wolf. Their, their sheep clothing has spikes. <laughs> you know, this one, this one, but the more dangerous ones are the ones who it's, it's even woolier than the sheep. Their speech is even, is even, is, is gentler. Deception. Jesus says that inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So we, we started last week by zooming into the life of Daniel and we were able to extract five kingdom deployment principles from his life. Number one, you can change my name, but you can't change my identity. Hmm. Someone is remembering and being stirred up again from last week. You can change my name, but you can't change my identity. I can mix in, but I was never called to blend. The calling of my life is to stand out and we will not eat the same food. We will not consume the same material. I refuse to be defiled. There is that purposing in your heart. It's a decision that you, a kingdom representative, will have to make. Number three, you invest in your company. We have no lone wolves. There, there, there has to be a group of people that are not gossip partners, the people that you can crunch the word with, people that you can compare notes with, people that you can discuss prophetic insights and visions with, people that will be co-midwives in that delivery room birthing what you have received in the spirit. Like Daniel had his, his friends there. On the day that a death warrant was issued, he had people that he could pray with. And he said they saw, they received the mercies of God. Number four, solidify your routines. Any kingdom ambassador that does not have their routines sorted. And this is where we highlighted the power of consistency. The power of consistency. And then we rounded up last week at, with the point standing in the evil day. The day of reckoning will require you to make a decision. To make a decision. I pray for you as I pray for myself. That as kingdom representatives of the king of glory. In the day of reckoning, we will stand for him. We will not compromise. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say glory to God. We dive in this evening into the life of Joseph. The life of Joseph. Remember, we are unraveling wisdom principles for kingdom deployment. Wisdom principles for living and representing another kingdom in this current kingdom. 
as we saw from the life of Daniel, Hebrew boys, Jews who, who had a, a certain way of being, they had been captured into the land of Babylon. They were living in Babylon, but they were not subject to the culture of Babylon. They exhibited that there is a God. There is a God. And today we are zooming into the life of Joseph to see the wisdom principles of how he was able to represent God in Egypt. Now let me give you a quick plug here. There are so many powerful lessons and messianic parallels with Jesus from the life of Joseph. So many. We've touched on some of them in previous teaching series. You know, while I was making up the slides for today's teaching, it just dawned on me that in, I had to go look for it. It was 2020 September. The siege is over. We had one of the series was, was, it was titled A Joseph Generation. Boy, I went to it and I was blessed all over again. Blessed all over again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Have you, have you asked yourself how many hours are in a day? How many days are in a week? And how much of those hours you commit to God's word and things that build faith? And how much hours are left for things to happen to you, information to happen to you, if you do not take charge of the information that happens to you? Very soon you will set yourself and you wonder who is this? No faith, no life, no confidence in God, no belief in scriptures. May we not be that person. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Psalms chapter 105, Psalms chapter 105 and verse 17. Psalms chapter 105 and verse 17. Wisdom lessons for kingdom deployment through the life of Joseph. Verse 17. He sent a man before them. There was a man on assignment. He was deployed, left to him in his early days. He, was, he saw that he was being persecuted. But the, the author of the universe said, no, what I am doing is I am sending you. You are being sent here. I don't know wonder the sound of my voice is receiving this. I am telling you, you need to agree first and foremost. We will hammer this and hammer this until it sinks in. You are God's man. You are God's woman for this generation. You've been sent. The circumstances of entry may not be as glorious as you would have done it if you were the project manager. All right, if God had employed me, maybe I should speak for myself as the project manager that I am sending a man to Egypt, the number one empire in the world where the king is not just a king, but also a God. How should I send such a man? I would have given God a lot of advice and I would have said things like, you know that coat of robe that his father made? We, we need to ensure it's not just textile. We need to get some, some precious metals into it and we'll get a strong caravan that Pharaoh will know that someone has arrived, but not my God. Thank God that God is not man. Some of us, the, 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 the situations of our birth, the homes we grew up in, the things we 
did growing up. She would, she, would, she would keep us as far away as possible from God's master plan in our own thinking. But God is saying, I sent you. I sent you to that family. I sent you to that home. I sent you to that city. I sent you on, yes, they called you refugee, but I sent you. They called you illegal, but I sent you. You literally came in as a slave, but I sent you. Come on, can somebody put their hand on their chest and say, I have been sent. Come on, say it like you believe it. I am on deployment. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for his servant. Verse 18 gives us insight that maybe it was left to our imaginations in the book of Genesis. It says, whose feet they hurt with fetters, daddy's boy, favorite child. It was so young and so precious, so desired, it, it wouldn't even be sent to the fields to take care of the livestock. Just go check on your brothers. Introduced into slavery. It says they hurt his feet with fetters. It was laid in iron. You know, we, we didn't get this graphic insight from, from Genesis. It wasn't a welcome Joseph. We're about to sell you, you know, to the Ishmaelites, you know. They'll feed you so that you, you'll be deployed somewhere, you know. No, no, no. It was, you are now a property. Does it sink in? <laughs> you are no longer daddy's boy. Do you understand it? And he's saying, don't take off my shoes. They're, 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 they're $1,000 sneakers. Don't take them off. And they're like, who is this? Who is this one? Get it out there and lock him with chains. He says that the, the fetters hurt him. That was how he was sent. Isn't that enough to be annoyed with God? Isn't that enough? It says in verse 19, until the time his word came. Hear me kingdom agents, hear me kingdom ambassadors, you stay faithful, you stay with him. Until the time his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. It was in preparation for deployment, there is somebody who is going to lead the entire world. The, 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 the world at that time was being ruled by the, the, the emperor of Egypt. God is saying that I am deploying you, but it is not this daddy's boy that will rule the world. It is not this entitled, uncalled, unguarded version of you that will rule the world. There is a training process. You might not like the training process. You might not like the fire of the furnace. But there is only one way that gold comes out. There is only one way. If indeed you reckon that you are God's precious, precious, precious representative, there is a fire process that our deployment entails. We are being prepared. We are being prepared. It says in verse 20, the king sent and loosed him. Even the ruler of the people and they let him go free. The day of deployment has come now. If you really want a, a deep dive into his journey and the lessons there and the prophetic implications for us in the new covenant, I recommend some of those previous teachings to you. They will bless you. But remember, our focus this evening is this Egypt. How come he did not lose his mind? How come his righteous soul was not vexed like our brother Lot? What did he know? What did he carry? 
Verse 21, he made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his substance. You know what he's talking about here. Verse 22, he says, to bind his princes at his pleasure. That is dominion. Once upon a time, a slave helpless, a property owned. But now he has been elevated and deployed to bind his princes at his pleasure. I love the other part. And to teach his senators wisdom. To teach his senators wisdom. Does it sound to you as the mandate that rests on God's ecclesia that we are the ones to school principalities and powers to teach the world wisdom, to teach the world power, to bring dominion that is superior that the world will ask, how? And you say, there is a power at work in me. There is a spirit at work in me. It's the spirit of life. Somebody say, glory to God. Verse 22 in the Living Bible, it says, At his pleasure, he could imprison the king's aides and teach the king's advisors. So in the brevity of the time we have left, we want to uncover three wisdom principles for successful kingdom deployments that we will represent him well. We will represent him appropriately. Number one, you can learn the language of Egypt, but you keep your language, boy. This is powerful. I'm praying for you that the Lord will will give you the spirit of revelation. That it won't just be reading stories. You will now begin to see implications for life. That you, you, you are reading there that Daniel refused to eat food. And the spirit of God will tell you this is not just food. He refused to defile himself. That you will see that, that Joseph was bilingual. Hmm. Or maybe trilingual, we wouldn't know. But there, there was a language of the land. And there was a language of his own kingdom. The fact that I have to function in this culture means I need to know this language. But boy, there is a kingdom I represent and that kingdom has a language. It's not just a tool for communication. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tool for dominion. Number two. God's presence is present even in Egypt. God's presence is present even in Egypt. When the ark of God enters into the temple of Dagon, the fact that we call this temple of Dagon does not mean the ark of God begins to take orders from Dagon. There is something that must happen. It is that Dagon can no longer stand. Hear me. Hear me, kingdom ambassadors. As you are being deployed, you have to understand that you are carrying light. It doesn't matter how dark where you've been sent to is. In fact, the darker it is, the bigger your impact as life is supposed to be. The days must come to an end where we are scared and bullied by the darkness out there. The day must come to an end where the news have, have, have weakened us in fear, not knowing that we are the solution. We are the solution. You are hearing things about politics. You are hearing things about education. You are hearing about some, some funny laws being debated concerning family and what is about to be taught in this school. And all those mountains look as corrupted as ever. Yes, there is something in you that should rouse, but you should know I carry God's presence. I am on my way to the temple of Dagon, but you fish gods and you 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 fly you 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 demonic spirit. You must bow. Someone has shown up now. 
He's a representative of the king of kings. You've got to bow. I'm, I'm not the one shaking and saying, hmm, hmm, this Egypt. Figurative. And number three, wisdom lesson. Marriage is a kingdom tool to raise kingdom citizens. Marriage is a kingdom tool to raise kingdom citizens. There are many ways deliverance can happen. Um, I don't know why I'm making this digression. But I can tell you that if you will build your life on the word, you will discover that you have built on the rock. If you build on sand, there will be a building. If you build on sand, there will be a building. In fact, the building might be nicer. If you build on rock, there will also be a building. Irrespective of the color of the paint and who you employ as your interior decorator and how flashy or appealing it looks, there is something that you have done right. If your liberation and transformation comes by the word, you found truth there. You know, I was having a conversation with my wife. I said the moment you can begin to tie events in this physical existence with eternal principles from the kingdom from which we've been sent, some things will just naturally align. When you begin to see the purpose of marriage and the purpose of childbearing in the kingdom, that information alone is powerful enough to open wombs, <laughs> to free blocked tubes, and to resurrect dead sperm cells. I am, I am telling you the power of the, of the revealed word of God. And I pray that that light will hit someone this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus. Mm, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Number one, I can learn the language, but I must keep my language. I am being deployed from a kingdom to represent that kingdom in another kingdom. For me to function effectively, I would need to learn the, the, the language of the place to which I have been sent. It must never be at the expense of my own original language. Let's look at it from the face value, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive in into the prophetic implication of this. Genesis chapter 42 and verse 23. It says, and they knew not that Joseph understood them. This is talking about Joseph's brothers who, as much as they fought his dream, the one who is faithful ensured that it came to pass. That's an encouragement for someone. It doesn't matter who is fighting your dream. If you can stay in Christ, if you can stay with the way of life and with the way of light, if you will not partner with darkness, if you will not like, like Agar and, and, and Abraham try to recreate Ishmael, God is worth staying with his promises are worth waiting on it says here that they did not know and they knew not that joseph understood them how was it possible it says for he spake unto them by an interpreter on the surface wow help us holy spirit there are so many, there are so many layers to this i don't want to keep us till 12 12 midnight so many layers to this. Joseph was sold. Scholars tell us as a young boy around the age of 17. In fact, by the time Reuben was trying to intercede for him. 
Ruben used the word, let's not do this to this child. He was a child. We know that evidently from scriptures. In fact, 17 is the upper limit of that age. Could have been. Sold into Egypt. He learned the language of Egypt on the job. I can imagine in that slave market, you know, different people are coming to check out the latest goods in town and moving and checking the muscles. <laughs> how much weight can this one lift? What does, what does this one do? How, how wise is this one going to be a, a boy? Is this one going to be a farm, a farm slave or house slave? Is this the one going to rule affairs or is this the one going to push things at the plantation? Mm. Slavery is, t- it's, the, there is no way you dissect it. It is extremely inhuman. Extremely inhuman. Somebody will, will, will speak a language to him and he's wondering, what, do you want me to stand? Do you want me to sit? And while you're processing, is he stand on seat? There's something that's already reset you. He learns the language by force. But he never forgot the language of his kingdom. Hear me, child of God. Language is a very powerful tool for kingdom representation. If you look at the kingdoms of the world today, Anyone who can claim to be a world power today have been people who, for some reason, either refused or recreated the language of the colonizers or refused colonization. Go and check it. Go and check it. What I just said now just packed. Look, look, look at the, the, the modern day, and I don't want to call any countries, look at the modern day um, powers that come close to being called world power. Just look at them. Look at them. There's one I really want to mention because someone is saying, but they still speak English. All right? Look at their English. Go to Europe. Look at the powers there. Go to Asia. Look at the powers there. There's something about your own language and the power it gives you as leverage. As far as domination is concerned, it is okay for me to learn your language so that I can bring the influence of my kingdom to you. But in the process, I must never neglect and forget the language of my kingdom. Hear me, child of God, your kingdom as a language. Your kingdom has a language, and I will show you the language of your kingdom. Some, some are already guessing and saying it is tongues. Yes, you are right. You are right. You are right, and you are right. All right. But let's let's go on with God's words. Genesis chapter eleven, verse one. We read this in the beginning. Begin. It feels like years ago now. <laughs> of our conversation on kingdom dynamics, it says the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. This is powerful. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. There are so many lessons you can learn from Genesis 11, all right, in terms of vision, in terms of imagination, in terms of coming together to achieve a goal. So many lessons. But the author, the author is telling you that in addition to learning those lessons, what you must learn is that anybody that will build anything, anything that will last on earth, anything that will last in eternity must do it by the power of language. Verse 5 says, and the Lord came down, which is speaking anthropologically, using the language of men, came down, to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Past tense. 
And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. The people is one. Boy. The people is one. The people is, that is, that is very deep. The people is one. And they have all one language. It says this, they begin to do nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. God didn't say, let us now go and he says the one way, the one way, the one way. Hear me, there are many options. It's just like you are looking at a multi-step process. He's saying the root way, you can do this, you can do that, you can. But the one way is verse 7, go to now and confuse their language. There's something about forgetting your own language and learning the language, the parlance. Hear me, hear me. This is really where we are going this evening. You've been called out from the kingdom of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light as a language. The kingdom of light as a language. The kingdom of light as a language. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 from verse 1, it tells us that this language reversal, God will fix it by the Spirit because now is the time for the true representatives of the true kingdom to now begin to build. This time, not a tower that rises to heaven, but a kingdom that spreads across the surface of the globe. Glory to God. And he says you are going to need a refixing of the language conundrum. Remember, Joseph was there. They didn't know he understood. It was using an interpreter it's the same way we might be speaking in the language of men it's the same way we might be speaking in usual men men palace glory but we're not we're not normal and there's nothing normal about us including our language it says suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled the house and they appeared cloven tongues as a fire sat on each of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak began to speak their original language. The Spirit gave them utterance. The Spirit gave them utterance. It says those who were dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men of various nations, heard them speak in his own language. Hear me, child of God. Hear me. Hear me, child of God. If you are going to bring appropriate representation of your king to your world you must relearn this language it's not a school where you go to <laughs> it's not it's not it's not a test like 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 delve or ielts no 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 this is utterance by the spirit it's a language that needs connection it's a language that needs dependence it's a language that ensures that you can bring superior wisdom to your world. It's a language that you speak a lot to yourself. I might have been in Egypt for how many decades, but I still remember the language of my kingdom because that is what I speak at home. That is what I speak at home. That is what I speak under my breath. That is what I speak when I'm driving. Hear me? There are two facets to this, really. And we're going to see it from the very words of Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 44. Before I go to John chapter 6, boy, <laughs> this is just number one point. John chapter 8 and verse 44. Jesus, hear me now, boy. Jesus was speaking with certain Jews who believed. 
certain Jews who believed. And Jesus is telling them, now that you've believed, it is now time for you to experience something that only the truth can produce. That thing really is called transformation. And Jesus said to them, if you will know this truth, if you will experience this truth, if you will, boy, if you will receive this language and you will allow it to do a thorough renewal in you, it says, then you will be free indeed. Instead of them to listen and learn, they said, we are not bound, we are free. And Jesus was, it was almost like, I am, I am telling you, you, you said you believe in me, right? Yes. And then listen to what I have to tell you. This is the truth. They said, no. We are not, we are not, we're never bound. So Jesus said, okay, since you, you really, I was trying to help you from the top. Now let me give you a root diagnosis. John chapter 8 and verse 44. It says, you are, hear me now. This is, a, this is, this is spiritual intelligence that you can be a believer, but you can still be fathered by the devil. And the way we can tell is the language that you speak, boy. This is God's word. You are of your father, the devil. This is why sometimes you have conversations with Christians and you live weaker. You, you, are, you are not sure. You know, you are discouraged. You are wondering what is going on. And you have a chat with a believer, where a believer who does not know the truth. A believer who is still speaking the language of Egypt. A believer who has forgotten the language of our own kingdom. He's saying that that person may believe. He says, but who fathers them will be reflected in who they speak speak like who fathers them will be reflected in who they speak like who fathers them will be reflected by what is at work in them whether it is life or death whether it is truth or what the scriptures call lies i will show you what jesus calls lies here it says you are of your father the devil and the desires the desires of your father you want to do they, they, they were really claiming that we have our father abraham jesus said no let me show you he was a murderer from the beginning. Let's, let's, let's leave that. And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He can't speak this language. He says when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own resources. He speaks his own lingua franca. He, 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 he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus calls it. A lie. The language of the flesh, he calls it a lie. The language of defeat, he calls it a lie. The language of fear, the language of discouragement, the language that questions the truth of God's word. Did God really say <laughs> it is your year of plenty and progress? Did God really say there's any shining happening? <laughs> Show me the shining. Did, did, did God really say it is taking over? These are Christians having a conversation, not knowing that as they speak one to another, the Lord heard them. And a book of remembrance was opened. That what language are they speaking? Are they speaking of their father, the spirit of life that is at work in them? Or are these imposters who believe, but really are of their father, the devil, spreading fear amongst believers, spreading fear, selling alternatives, saying maybe we've trusted and we've waited on him for too long it might be time to help him now was a liar from the beginning that was the only language he could speak someone is saying so pity what is the language of our kingdom glory to god john chapter 6 and verse 63 it is the spirit who gives life i'm reading from the amplified classic in parentheses he is the life giver 
It says the flesh conveys no benefit. Existence in Egypt, this, this language of, of mere existence that you are beginning to learn, it's okay to do this, excusing things that you've been given dominion over. It says it profits no one nothing. There is no profit in it. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Jesus says that the words I speak, the fruits that have been speaking to you, the language of the kingdom is speaking of spirit and speaking of life. Speaking spirit and speaking life if you are going to represent the king of glory as an ambassador that has been deployed into that dark region of the world into that dark facet into that corrupt demonic occultic office into that mountain that you've been sent to possess you will need to learn to speak only spirit and life life is he said so I am saying it he said so I am saying it he said so, I am saying it. And then the, the ability by the Spirit to speak the language of tongues. So hear me? This kingdom, we do a lot of speaking in the language of tongues and speaking life. Life is what God's word says. Whenever I find a believer who is not invested in learning God's word, you are learning another language. You can't speak what you don't know. And a revelation you heard, will not it will not power you like the revelation you've seen. That, that's when you begin to hear people saying things like, my pastor said, it is, it is true that your pastor said, but in the day of calamity, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? Where is the proof that you've, you've, you've received this word? He said, this, this is spirit, this is life. Somebody say, glory to God. All right, I have to move on now. I have to move on now and trust the Holy Spirit to, to brood on this. That we will be more careful with our words. We will say our words not, not just as a tool of exchange of communication, but as a, as, a, as a kingdom weapon for dominion, for creating, for building. In the name of Jesus. So number one, I'll speak the language of Egypt. I, I will understand the terrain of the land. But I will know that my primary language is spirit and it is life. Number two, God's presence is present in Egypt. <laughs> this is beautiful. I love this. God's presence. God is not intimidated by darkness. If you study the account of the dedication of the temple of Solomon, you will see phrases that will scare you. <laughs> if you read Daniel chapter 2 and you begin to, from, from, from verse 20, 21, 22, and you begin to see how he, he describes God as the one, he himself, he, he, his immortality that dwells in inapproachable light, but he knows what is in darkness. God's presence is present in Egypt. There are layers to this. We can go in the words of the psalmist and begin to talk about omnipresence. Where shall I hide from your presence? Where, where can I go that you are not there? You know, people say things like, uh -uh, you are in church, why are you lying? You are in church, why are you lying? As though <laughs> when you step out of church, then you can lie. You know, this is where God is. God is not out there. I'm telling you, God is in that boardroom. God is in that hotel room. God is in your DMs. Amen. You don't believe it? 
He's, he's present everywhere. God's presence is there. But you bring him to your advantage when you learn to cultivate his manifest presence. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, boy, glory to God. It's not that I left him at home and I need to get back home to him. No, no, no. He's now, he's resident here. A true ambassador of this kingdom is one that carries the glory of that kingdom wherever they go. God's presence is present here. It might be really dark, but boy, this is the light that illuminates this place. This family, this city, this nation, this continent. I am telling you that you can give him permission for your light to shine so bright. They said about few men. Are these the men that turned the world upside down? Would it be said about us that we are the ones that turned the nation upside down? Your light can so shine. That's what I'm telling you. Your light can so shine. That our days will be the days of prophecy fulfilled. That the glory of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. What that means is that you and I will be carriers of the divine presence. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. There is a consciousness that kingdom deploy, that, that kingdom ambassadors want deployments. There is a consciousness you have. I'm representing God here. And he's here. He's here. He's seen the calls I'm making. He's seen the moments where I could have spoken for him and I chose not to. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses where we are carrying his glory. And there is a, there is a, there is a belief that you will stand for him. And I pray for you again under the sound of my voice as I hold your hands in the spirit this evening that we will not fail our king. We will not fail our king. In the name of Jesus, we will successfully extend and establish his kingdom in the places to which he has sent us. In the name of Jesus. There is no way you can talk about the life of Joseph without establishing that he knew how to cultivate God's presence. He was conscious of it. He was conscious of it. Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Dio. And the Lord was with KICC Canada. Hear me, child of God. Really, that is what makes the difference. If we have lights and we don't have his presence, we are a joke. If we have a solid music team and we don't have his presence, we are a joke. If we have the crowds and the multitudes and we don't have his presence, we are, his joke. We are, we are, we are a big joke. But boy... With his presence, anything is possible. The glory of the king of kings. Can you allow it sink in for a moment? The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. You will think this is the verse that talks about him sitting on the throne in Egypt. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Can you accept Emmanuel? God is with us. Right there. In that dark tunnel, God is with you. Right there in that turbulent home, God is with you. Right there in that office, God is with you. 
right there with this situation that doesn't make sense. You've prayed, you've fasted, but you just know I have the peace of God concerning this matter. God is with you. I, I, I think I'm, I'm, this is literally from the siege is over now. That the proof of God's presence really is not things. It is peace. Powerful teaching that will bless you. God was with him. He knew it. He knew it. I'm in the pit here. Many things are variables. One thing is constant. God is with me. I'm in my master's house, Potiphar. Today is just today's date. <laughs> my destiny is that Potiphar and his entire household will come and bow to me sometime, all right, and I will sell them a livelihood, but not today. Right now, many variables, but what is constant is that God is with me. I have here in my note a consciousness of God's presence is too critical for the ambassador of this kingdom. I wrote here, I said, compromise is proof that you don't value God's presence. You, you cannot believe. You cannot believe that God is with you and you will choose compromise. You can't. You can't. You know, we, we, we live in a world where it, it, the devil just convinces us that there are places that God cannot get to. There are conversations that God cannot hear. You know, it's, it's encrypted. It's in a protected folder. It's in, a, it's in an incognito tab. You know, it's in a, it's in a remote hotel. It is an, it's in another city. I can live a, 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 a duplicate life out there. I can be the great man of God. In, well, not me. <laughs> Glory to God. I can be the great man, the great woman of God in this city, but I know the other city where I am not known. I think I, I have the permission of the Holy Spirit to say this. There was a scandal that involved a man of God. Heartbreaking. We are not rejoicing over anyone. The, the person he was having an affair with for months did not know he was a pastor. <laughs> I had no idea. It was when the thing blew up that she discovered this was actually a... The enemy convinces us. If you can, if you can make it the penthouse, if you can make it five hours away, if you can, if you can, if, if you can see this, this thing strive in darkness, literally. If you can hide it far away from the light, your, if your pastor doesn't know, if you can just stop going to church long enough, they, they won't be that much in your business and they won't be able to tell that you're compromising. You've come to the conclusion that God is not there. Compromise is powered, powered, charged up by consciousness that God is not here. You, there is no way there is no way that you can be conscious of his presence and you will allow compromise to, to, to continue. You will, like Joseph, be able to say in verse 8, Genesis 39, he refused. This lady was on his case. He refused. It's the way here, me kingdom ambassadors, it might not just be sexual temptation, but you will be bombarded with many things. It is a consciousness of his presence. You are saying, even this one, I can get by with it. This one, I can trip and ask him for forgiveness. But this is not about asking for forgiveness. This is a consciousness of his presence. I can't do this. I am graced not to do this. I can't compromise. I can't do this. He said, behold, my master has not held back anything in this house from me. Everything has been committed into my hands. Here, what he says in verse 9, how can I do this great wickedness? He calls compromise, great wickedness. You know why it's great wickedness? If you believe that, imagine you're on FaceTime. FaceTime with your phone. FaceTime with Jesus. FaceTime. 
FaceTime. This is Jesus now FaceTiming me. All right? I am that conscious. I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically now. I am that conscious of his presence. The next time I am about to compromise, let's even say there is a wiring, there is, a, there is an addiction, all right? It's, it's become neural now. My, my dopaminergic pathways have been re, rewired or there is a demonic spirit fueling that activity now. If I'm really conscious that it's there, if I'm conscious, it's one of two things. I am either strong enough by his spirit to say no or I am conscious or enough of his presence to say, Jesus, are you not FaceTiming me? It's wickedness for me to go on and do this thing. Can you help me now? Can you help me? Can you help me? You are my very look at me. I'm looking. <laughs> you are my very present help. Can you help me now? This this anger issue, this 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 pornography issue, this compromise issue, this this eating life inside life, <laughs> this DM life, this this life that does not give you glory that compromises my credibility. Can you help me? I am conscious of your presence. Not nobody knows. He doesn't know. The Holy Spirit is, is where he is. I've been praying. He did not hear me. So I help myself. Number one, compromise is proof that you don't value. You are not conscious of his presence. Number two, anger, lack of joy, fear, hopelessness. Those, 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 those are those are those are those are atmosphere dispellers. God's presence is present even in Egypt. Number one, I can learn your language, but I will keep my language. Our language in this kingdom is spirit and life. Living words. Living words. The, the, the living word becomes your words. You are there speaking scriptures. Many do not know. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, this is how Jesus lived. If you have a good cross-reference Bible, you will discover that the, the things Jesus was saying it was just speaking scriptures. It was just speaking scriptures. There was a scriptural answer for everything. Boy, what a life. What a life. Number two, God's presence is present in Egypt. It was the great man of God, Moses, having a conversation with God. He, in his own deployment now, he says in verse 14, and he said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Verse 15, Moses said, I'm, I... I Yes, Lord. He says, he said to him, if if at any point your presence is no longer with me, I'm, I'm not going. I know you've sent ornets to go above. I know you have angelic presence going with us. He says, but there is something I want. It is your presence. And I pray with all the kingdom ambassadors under the sound of my voice this evening that you will be carriers of his presence. You will be carriers of the divine presence. Every lie the enemy has sold to you, every mountain of guilt that has allowed you to permit yourself to remain in that cloud of darkness, we rebuke such foul spirits in the name of Jesus. And as you begin to pay attention to the consciousness of his presence, as you stay with his word, as you stay fellowshipping with his spirit, as you are there worshipping his majesty, as you are there committed to his kingdom and serving in his vineyard, conscious that I am doing it for the king, I pray for you that your world will come to the point of agreement that no other person can do this except the one in whom the spirit of the gods, I speak the words of Pharaoh, but really there is a place where Egypt bows, there is a time, there is a time where Dagon bows to the God we carry, and I 
pray that God will make you a person of stature. God will make you a woman of stature. That your world will bow to your God. Your world will bow to the God in you. Scriptures say, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. There is a God you carry. There is a consciousness of his presence. I pray once again that your world will bow to your God. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Mm. My language is spirit. Like Paul, I'll be able to say to the church, I pray in tongues more than you all. And my language is life. That even when I'm speaking in my understanding, I am speaking his word. I am speaking kingdom realities. So that when you hear me say I can't be sick, it's not pride. When you hear me say I've never been sick, it's not pride. It's not pride. I am speaking life. Someone says, what if there, there, there is an acknowledgement of facts and there is a declaration of truth? And I'm telling you, this supernatural life is very real. This supernatural life is very real. There is a, see, literally, there are cards on the table. The kind of messages that God is bringing our way. I can sense that this is a grace window. That 10 years from now, 10 years from now, 10 years from now, hear me, in this kingdom, overtaking is allowed. 10 years from now, those who will make a decision for God today, and those who have been playing religion for years, 10 years from now, your life will be, boy, there's speed in the spirit. What's 10 years? Very soon, people that you met doing and playing religion, you made a decision. You made a decision, I'm not here to do church. I am here to find him, to have the life of Christ that's working me. If, if these things have been recorded by the integrity of the king in his word, they better be true. They better be true. And once again, we are that people. In the name of Jesus, I said we are that people. We are that ministry. We are that, we are that church. It doesn't matter what is going on next door. It doesn't matter what is considered popular in, 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 in out there. No, no, no. We are going to stay with the way of the Spirit and eventually our world will bow to the presence of God. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Number three, and finally for this evening. Why is kingdom deployment? Every time God wants to birth a savior. He plants by his spirit in the womb of a family. That is God's way. It's, it's as though now PD is just a broken record. I'll continue to emphasize it. Isolation. It says God sets the solitary in families. Isolation is a strongly demonic agenda. It is a very devilish agenda. Isolation I don't need anybody. I am not saying that we've not been hurt by people's words and people's actions. But I'm saying that God's wisdom plants greatness in wombs of families where they'll be nurtured. Look at Apollos. Look at Apollos. Look at the home that was nurtured under Priscilla and Aquila. Look at the great apostle Paul. Look at how he was nurtured. He, he developed a relationship with the same Priscilla and Aquila. He was, he, he was into relationship with the apostles. He first met Ananias. There is no, there is no any, any, see, hear me, any story of a great person 
that does not involve people that play the role in, in their lives. You are reading a false account or you are reading the story of a very ungrateful person. God's original design for marriage. You know, the world wants to reinvent a lot of things, wants to reinvent the whole construct of family, wants to re- rewrite it. And that's really, in the language of the world, that's fine for the world. The challenge is now when kingdom citizens hmm, that were bequeathed with the original begin to drop the original and, and pick the counterfeit. Because the enemy has sold you a lie. That the institution of the family is under missile, heavy missile attack from the pit of hell. And God is raising voices like yours. God is raising voices like mine. Not in the spirit of hate, but with all of the love of the one who is love himself. To say there is a better way. Look at what your way is producing. Even look at what is producing your way. There is something constant to your way. There is a a common denominator to your agenda. A lot of you seem to have been broken, abused. A lot of you seem to have experienced this hatred from a quarter. And you have deleted an entire agenda and an entire construct I am now reinventing something new and you are saying everybody must accept this as the new new and they are pushing it everywhere it's now being taught in our schools it's been taught to the kids it's in the cartoons it's in the toys it's in the movies it's been heavily normalized but the patent glory to God God owns the patent for marriage and the family if you want to create your own call it another name Call it another name. Call it another name. You know, in the coming years and decades, there will now be studies that will show us differences. Between, and the studies already exist. Children raised in a daddy and daddy, mommy and mommy house. Let's see their social development, psychology, the, the psychological development, spiritual nourishment, educational attainment. Let's do the metrics now. Let's do it and see. That this way of the world will never produce light. Never. It will never produce light. And maybe the desire is not to... You, you know, you begin to look at the kingdoms of this world. And you see that there's no real genuine interest in solutions. There's no real... It, it is powered by problems. There's no real genuine solution. There's no real genuine interest in solutions. The moment somebody speaks solution, you are, you are cancelled. Oh, this, this, you have this problem with this. We have a, a proposal for a solution. <laughs> There's something that Joseph knew about representing the kingdom that Lot did not know. That many generals that we read about in scripture, they just had a way of failing with their families. Lot had very good excuse. I've moved away. This is Sodom. PD. Can't you see this is Sodom? What am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what school will this child go? Really, PD, what am I supposed to do? PD, I'm supposed to, to get married, but really, where are the daughters of Zion? What, am I, so, what, what really am I supposed to do? I'm in Sodom now. This is, this is the reality of life in Gomorrah. What am I supposed to do? And I show you a general in the name of Joseph. <laughs> who was sent into Egypt 
not with a Jewish bride. This is not <laughs> Eliezer. Go to the town of my family and go bring a son for my Isaac. At, at some point in your journey, that it will not be a possibility. Living in Egypt requires sustenance by the Spirit. So Pharaoh said, now that we are making you ruler, you are almost God of Egypt. The only person is me. Now, part of what I will do for you, we've changed your cars, we've given you an official car, we've given you an official palace, all of those. Pharaoh says now, we're even changing your name. <laughs> and you remember the, the change of name from last week Wednesday. Pharaoh said, we're even changing your name. Zapinat Pania. <laughs> Boy. He says, in addition to that, before you go and marry a tongue-talking, fire-breathing babe, we are going to give you a wife of the priests, <laughs> Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. You are wondering, why is the Bible giving us this much details? Oh my, oh my, oh my. Genesis chapter 41, let's read verse 45 and we jump to verse 50 and then we wrap up for this evening. It says, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaph, not Paneer. We've, we've discussed this in the past. And he gave him to wife, Asnath, the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Deployment. Verse 50. It tells us that there was something Joseph knew. That I have been sent as a priest in this house. Th that is something Lot did not know. I have been sent as a priest in this house. Thank you, Asnath. I know your father was a priest of a certain deity, but the God that, that saw me through is the God we will worship in this house. Asenath must have said, no, no. I know how to do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can, before Moses came, boy, oh boy. Can I, can I give you some, some, <laughs> some people might not be, some people might not be able to handle this. <laughs> some people might not be able to handle it. Bef, be, before Moses brought a rod, and before, before Pharaoh's wise men brought their own rods and, and says, rods to serpents, which we can do rods to serpents, and before he swallows it, there was already a contest in the house of Joseph. It was a kingdom contest. Which God will rule here? Which God will rule here? And Joseph said, this is the God we will serve. It was the one that gave me gift of interpretation. And, and, and as night he said, I can interpret dreams too. And said, watch, watch an interpretation that your, all of your demonic gods could not give. How else did my God pull me out? Then God blocked all your servers. <laughs> Glory to God. Hear me, anyone considering the occult, uh, new age, tarot reading, you, you are using a downgraded network to access the supernatural. It's the lazy way out. And let me tell you, the devil doesn't give you full details. If you sign it, you have sold generations. He will do buy one, get one free discount offer. Blow immediately. I'm telling you, stay with the way of the Spirit. Stay with the way of the Spirit. Boy, such a mighty anointing in this room. I am hoping somebody is receiving the light of God's word. There will be a clash of kingdoms. There will be a clash of kingdoms. These children, we will raise them in Sodom and they will know the God of Jacob. They will know the God of Isaac. They will know the God of Abraham. So the Bible tells us in verse 51, Joseph called the name of his firstborn, Manasseh, for God, 
for God. This is powerful for God. We are in Egypt. We are raising children in Egypt. But these are God's children. Boy, like the king's kids, I see what God is doing in our children's church. If you know anybody that has a child, if, if the adult, <laughs> if the adult is not ready, let them send the children to come and receive life. We are flaming them up, setting them on fire for Jesus. Glory to God. It says, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second, verse 52, called E. Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Symbolic names. When it was time for Jacob to bless the tribes of Israel, hear me, this number 12 had been settled, had been settled, I, boy, boy, settled since, let's just put it that way, since. <laughs> it wasn't going to be Joseph anyways, it was going to be Ephraim and Manasseh, children born in Egypt, but I knew the God of Israel. Can God count on your family to raise a generation for him? Will they see an example of parents that know the secret place, that prioritize God's word, that prayer isn't just an emergency tool? Will they see that model of a daddy that served God, served God, never cared about us, of mommy, it was just church, church, and those children grow up to hate God and to hate church? Or can you raise an Ephraim and a Manasseh under your roof in the thickest of a corrupt world and saying, in this house, we serve the God of Israel. He's faithful. He's true. He's dependable. We can call on his name and he will hear us. He's a revealer of secrets. He's a deliverer of nations. He's a strong tower. We can run into him. He's a provider. We lack nothing. Glory to God. And I pray for someone who has been hurt, stabbed, that the Lord will cause you to forget the pain, the hurt of your father's house. In the name of Jesus, and as you begin to partner with his spirit, you will enter into a new season of all-round fruitfulness. All-round fruitfulness. All-round fruitfulness. In the name of Jesus. Come on wherever you are. If you've been blessed by the word, just lift up your voice to heaven and say, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your words to me. Make it personal. I believe this entire service. I don't know how many people will watch on YouTube. How many will stream on Spotify. How many will connect on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I don't know five, ten years down the line. How many millions will have viewed this. But really today's word is for me. I've been raised for such a time as this. I refuse to speak the language of men. I begin to speak spirit and life. I know that I have been commissioned to greatness. I am a carrier of his glory. The divine presence is not somewhere back home or in church on Sundays. I am a mobile ark of covenant. I am a carrier of his glory. Even in Egypt, God's presence is present. And God is counting on me to raise a generation, to exemplify glory to a new generation. A generation that maybe did not see the Red Sea part, but by revelation they can see our God is a God who does the impossible. A generation that maybe did not see the multiplication of bread and fish, but they can say that we were in lack and 
and all we did was to call to the God of heaven and he showed up for us. A generation that knows the word. A generation that knows the pathway of the spirit. A generation that knows the secret place of prayer. A generation that the, the, the poison of Sodom does not get into but that is able to represent God to our world. A generation that Dagon can bow to. Thank you for an equipping by your spirit. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. We can bring a service like this to a close without praying with someone. I'm led to pray for you. If at no time you've ever made a conscious decision to receive the life of Christ, you know you are not born again. You, what you do is you go to church. You know you are not born again. Or you've even stopped. You don't even go to church. Or you've never heard, maybe it's your first time, or you are rededicating your life, I want to pray with you. Category two, the enemy has just convinced you that this one thing you did, he chased God away. He's, he's no, you, his presence is no longer with you. So why continue to act like his presence is with you? That since his presence has gone, then continue to do the compromise you started. That's category two. I want to, I want to, I want to release grace by the Spirit. Hmm. I want to release grace by the Spirit. Some of you to be so strong, there will be a token of His presence. And you will know that you are forgiven. You will know that your guilt and shame are taken away. And you will agree is with you. Hmm. So for some of you, you will begin to see that invisible hand as though really it is FaceTime. You begin to hear the voice of His Spirit clearly. It will begin to instruct you, this is the way you should go. Like His true sheep, you will begin to hear His voice. In the name of Jesus, please allow the Spirit of God to do a perfect work in you right now. Don't push back. Don't fight back. This is your moment. This is your moment. I want to pray with you. If you can say with me, category one, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I acknowledge my sins and my need for a Savior. And I want to thank you for dying for my sins. I want to thank you for taking my place in the grave. I want to thank you because you rose victoriously. The grave could not keep you. I believe you are alive. And I ask you to live in me. I receive the grace to live for you. I ask that you live through me. I yield my will. Yes, you can say it with me. I surrender my will. I surrender my way. I surrender my plans. All of it, I yield to you. Thank you for writing my name in the book of life. I receive the grace to live the rest of my days for you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Please let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your sons, for your daughters making the best, greatest decision ever. A decision to be part of the royal family. A decision to be part of the kingdom of life. I pray, Father, for a supply of your spirit, a multiplication of your grace, that death ceases to be at work in them and life begins to ooze out. As they have received eternal life, hmm, let them grow in grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, none, none returns to the vomit they've left. They move from glory to glory to glory and they become living proof of the life of dominion. In the name of Jesus, Father, I hold my hands with as many of your own children that you love 
desperately. That you love recklessly. But they have bought a lie from the pit of hell that their fall, their compromise means you've left them and rather than trace their steps back to your loving arms, they should continue in the way of compromise. Like that prodigal son will raise an alarm in the spirit and we command everyone who has strayed away, we command you to come home. We release a restlessness in you. He says he, he, he came to his senses. Every prodigal son, young man, young woman, old man, old woman, irrespective of how far you've strayed, how deeply you've, you've put your hands into things you cannot speak of. <clears throat> we, we sound an alarm that calls you back to the place of restoration. In the name of Jesus, that you find the loving arms of the Father. That you will embrace him and know that your shame is taken away, your guilt is taken away. And you will be a carrier of his divine presence. Yes, you. You'll be a carrier of his divine presence and you'll bring glory to the King of Kings. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, if you've been blessed by the word, I want you to jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.